That is a long second. Hi, guys. How's it going? Pink Cloud. Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. Uh, We're going to introduce the Raymonds today. Uh, We are talking about 121 Days, the Corbin Raymond story of fighting for life and surviving a traumatic brain injury. We're going to talk about it. But first, let's talk about Pink Cloud 9 podcast and show. Thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you for listening. Pink Cloud 9, for those that don't know, is a recovery term, recovery for mental health and addiction. I've been in recovery for four years. I've been on uh, therapy and I've been sober for four years. So that's like, you know, what I'm about. I'm bipolar. I'm borderline personality disorder. I've got anxiety. I got a little mild PTSD from early childhood, like childhood stuff. Uh, Nothing sexual. Whew. Thank goodness. But, you know, a lot of mental, emotional, psychological uh, abuse that I went through. And then, um, and so, yeah, that's what Pink Cloud 9 is about. It's like just bring, just keeping it together. Because every time I see Pink Cloud 9, I'm like, oh, yeah, recovery. You know, keeps me reminded. Cool. Okay, so we're going to do a little promo for y'all so you can have an idea of what the show is about, y'all. longest promo of my life it's like 30 seconds and I'm just like oh my gosh you know because I look I see it every day but welcome the Raymonds welcome Sadie welcome Corbin so nice to have you here so happy that y'all are here and that y'all are able to tell your story please tell us about 121 days thanks for having us first um so 121 days is about my son Corbin and it was a car accident that he was in. He was a rear seat passenger in a car accident, um, 4th of July, 2018. Um, the book's about basically the accident in Corbin's recovery. He went from um, just no brain activity. Um, the surgeons, after his first surgery, told us to say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and we just decided that wasn't going to happen, and we weren't going to take that for an answer. So. He was airlifted to Boston Children's Hospital, um, remained in a coma for months. And even at Children's, no brain activity for a really long time. And, you know, what happened was I had started blogging um, just to give updates to family members and whatnot. And I think by the end, by the time that Corbin got out, we had about 350,000 followers nice. on our website, Caring Bridge, with Corbin's updates. Um, cool. So it's just about the fight for survival, never giving up. Um, you know, it's it's a really happy ending, <laughs> luckily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of took the um, the updates that I would write, and there was always so much more going on. There's drama behind the scenes, and I was trying to keep things positive. Uh, I knew a lot of Corbin's friends were reading um, the updates, so there's a lot more to the story. So we decided to make it into a book. Absolutely. And I'm glad you did. So wonderful. So tell us about the the publishing process. Like, uh, 
when was it published and um, how many pages and what genre is it under? And I'll ask again well, if you... <laughs> so it, it's nonfiction. Um, it's, I think we're just under 300 pages. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it was actually cut down a lot. I probably could have kept going. Um, but so the official release date is coming up. It's February 22nd. Yes, so it's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble for pre-order now. Um, so it took a long it took a long time to write. Um, definitely, I procrastinated a lot. I had to reread all those posts and whatnot. So it was a painful process reliving that and writing it. But it's done and it's out and we're really excited about it. Wonderful. Tell us about life today and uh, what hobbies y'all have to enjoy as well and what a day-to-day yeah. day looks like so Corbin um when we first got home Corbin was in therapy um six times a week and we had a lot of trips back to Boston for checkups and things like that um it, that's basically what we were doing still until COVID <laughs> and now life is very different um there's not a whole lot Corbin graduated high school and got his diploma um and was planning on doing Um, some secondary education but with COVID everything is shut down so he's not doing a whole lot now so we're keeping busy at home um, going to the gym things like that right now until life gets back to normal great that's awesome okay so what uh, authors or books inspire you or helped you get through the process of writing Um, so I you know, I, this is the last thing I ever thought I would do was write a book. Um, I was in school for nursing before Corbin's accident. Um, and that's kind of, that was kind of my dream. Um, I've got four children and I've been home raising them for a a really long time. Corbin's 19 now. Um, and my youngest is four. So, you know, my idea was to go back to school for that. That's definitely where, um, my interest has always lied, but I always was a reader. John Grissom's always been my favorite. Um, his types of novels were always uh, what I enjoyed the most. But this, I guess it was easy to write this because it, I lived it. Yeah. You know, okay. that's basically, it was. it's real life. It's real emotions, real heartbreak. Um, so luckily I did have a co-author. Um, I got connected with Todd Sivin, Sivin, Sivin um, yeah. and... You know, I would write, and then I would hand it over to him, and he'd fancy it up a little bit, and uh, thank goodness for him, because I, I was completely clueless, and he's got a lot of published books, so he was kind of my mentor through all of it also. That's great. Shout out to Todd Sivin. That's who connected you and I. Yes. Tell us about, right. yeah, tell us about Todd Sivin. Like, what what does he do, his role, how he has helped you? Let's give him a shout out, a big one. Absolutely. So he has um, Seven Media. He does a lot of books along this line, um, uh, uh, like our story. Um, luckily, we just had a, a mutual friend. We didn't know each other. Um, we had a mutual friend that connected us, and we have been great friends ever since. <laughs> He's absolutely wonderful. Um, he gave me the push that I needed writing the book because I was definitely procrastinating a lot um, just because it was so difficult. Um but he has helped us every single step of the way. That's great. Yes. Tell us some, well, we we talked a little bit about the challenges that you faced while writing this book. You know, it's so painstaking. But 
say there's people out there listening or watching and they're trying to write a book about a traumatic experience that they went through or that a family member went through and um what kept you persevering and uh keep going you know keep going on because it can be difficult to get to a point where you have to go back and feel those those feelings again yes it's definitely difficult i think that the thing that kept me going the most was um when corbin was going through everything i did everything i could to stay positive and to never give up hope and i would search the internet for any type of story that was positive um that would give me hope and give me the strength to um you know keep fighting for him um and so my thought was if i can do the same for somebody else no matter what they're going through um then i think that it would be worth it and i would push through it to um to do that absolutely so tell us uh, you've you've told us a lot of things and so this might sound like a redundant question but tell us a few things that you would like the listeners to know uh by the end of this interview, 100%. Just anything that you want people to know, something that's very yeah. dear to you. Yeah, so I think that, the, like I said, I think the biggest thing is um, our hope with the book is that it does help other people. Yes. Um, that it gives them hope to not give up. I've, you know, we've had a lot of people read the book already because we've been selling it on our website. And... You know, I've had everybody from people in hospice okay. to, you know, you, it doesn't have to be your child that's going through something. Some people just need to know, like, if this kid who was on his deathbed, no reason that he should even be alive today, as far as science goes, um, if he can do it, then anybody else can do it. So no matter what you're fighting and what you're going through, um, just to keep that positivity and that hope, I think, is huge it makes all the difference 121 days what does that mean like what was that 121 days was so 121 days Corbin's accident was on July 4th Mm -hmm. and Corbin got out of Spalding rehab in Boston on November 1st so our journey of hospital stays and recovery um, I mean recovery is still going on but 121 days was that time frame that we were in the hospital yeah that's rough that's rough people have to like spend the night you know you stay there for two three days and you're exhausted you're disoriented he of course is not having you know being he's not able to be at home and i mean you know stuff like that so 121 days is a long long time to go through that type of mm -hmm. yeah we uh well i i stayed with him every night um From the first night that he was in Boston, they have a little window seat in the back, and that's where I slept every single night. Um, The entire time he was at Boston Children's, I was there every night but one. Um, And it it is difficult. I mean, there's there's no sleep because, you know, he was in such critical condition. There's always people in the room with him. Um, It's it's very difficult. And then on top of that, I had three other children at home. At the time I had a two year old. (laughs) So trying to, to balance anything in life when all you can do is, you know, all I could do is be by his side and hope, you know, everybody else was around. Thank goodness to help me out with everything else. Yeah. 
That's a long time. I'm glad that you had the support as well that you did. Some people have no support. That's right. I, yeah, I remember the days where, like, when I was going through or trying to, before four years ago, when I was trying to get mental health and addiction um, help, you know, I didn't know where to turn. Like, family members were like, ugh, you know, she's a lost case. And friends were just, like, just not true friends. They were just people yeah. I knew. <laughs> And so, you know, that um, y'all had support is, you know, amazing and, and I'm glad for it. But that being said, even if you don't have support, you can still get through a really, really rough time. Um, Absolutely. I rely a lot on a higher power because just personally, I, I just, I don't want to be the one in control or the one thinking that I have anything to do with any kind of you know, power myself, you know, so I have to believe in a higher power that, 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 you know, I'm not trying to idolize a human at all. So some sort of energy or universe or, you know, something like that, you know, something, something, something. So did y'all have any higher power moments or not really, or, um, um, no, I don't think so. I don't think um, that's kind of not where. I guess maybe in a, maybe a higher power in a way like you were saying um, with like the positive energy. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely. I mean, that was me a hundred and fifty percent. Any conversations in the room that you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to like the answer to, like when they would come and do reflex tests and still say, "Nope, still no brain activity." Right. I didn't allow them to say that in the room in front of Corbin. Yeah. Um, I constantly told Corbin that he was going to be okay and he was mm. going to wake up and it was, you know, we had conversations with him, even though he was unconscious, like it was normal. And so I think that that, that positive energy, um, and positive attitude, um, and keeping that energy around him, yeah. you know, that positive energy around him, I think that made a huge difference personally. Absolutely. Uh, the power of words is very effective like effective and like just like massive because I had a lady tell me well why do you call yourself bipolar like why do you you know reference yourself as a bipolar or the bipolar or being but bi- whatever I don't even know those technical terms but I was like because it doesn't just go away it's not like I take care of it and then I go to therapy and I take pharmaceuticals, non-narcotic medication, and then, but then that's it. I'm just like cured. You know, there's no cure. It's just, no. it doesn't go away like, like, uh, like uh, a, a, a broken bone. Exactly. Or... Like a broken bone, you know, you can heal that and exactly. then get better, but you can't heal. So they're like, but speaking, being bipolar into yourself is, I'm like, look, I speak recovery into myself, recovery from whatever that might be, you know. So as long as I'm reminded that I'm in recovery, that I am a recovery recipient or that recovery is part of my life, I'm okay with it, though. I'm okay with being being bipolar or having bipolar or whatever. I'm okay with the situation. I'm okay with being an addict, not using, you know. I'm okay with 
uh, being, you know, whatever flaws I have, you know, so acceptance is huge. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, probably you've experienced also, it's the same thing. I think with a brain injury is you look fine. Nothing looks, you know, you don't, nobody would know that you've been through anything unless you talk to them. Um, and it's, and it's a constant ongoing process. Um, it's just like a, you know, Corbin's brain injury. Corbin looks fine. You can sit and talk to him and not know, you know, you might see a few scars and whatnot, but besides that, you can't, you can't know that what he's been through. Absolutely. So you know, true. Like it's, it's not like a broken bone where you, it's six to eight weeks and you know, it, it's healed. You're better. Yeah. It's like, uh, I would I wouldn't call it like an invisible disease or an invisible um I don't know prognosis but or problem or issue or or yeah. event or trauma yeah. but like people can't see it. People no. look at me and they think I'm happy all the time or that I'm a, a positive all the time or that I'm energetic all the time. I'm not. I have my moments where I'm like low and you know so whatever you know um it's about that whole not judging a book by its cover type of deal you know you got to open it up you got to open it up you got to put your you know eyes on it and your ears to it and listen and read it and look at it and dissect it and then you'll understand absolutely there's so much more that makes me (laughs) why yeah totally all right well, I've had so much fun. I've had an enlightening moment where I've learned a lot of things, and I hope everyone else has. Thank you so much, Sadie, and thank you so much, Corbin, for being here. We really appreciate you. Tell us again where to find 121 Days so that people can purchase. Absolutely. Um, so we have a website. So we have a Facebook page. The website is 121days.net. Um, so if you want an early copy, uh, we're still selling them on that website, or you can order it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and they ship out February 22nd. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, just FYI in the description box, your links are there. Your link to the 121days.net. Yep. Yeah. It's down in the description box and, uh, we have gone live on Facebook uh, three places, uh, the timeline, my timeline, my group, and my page, business, YouTube, tw- uh, Twitch, and Twitter. So we're all over, okay? So thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you later, and thank you for listening and watching Pink Cloud 9 Podcast. Bye! <laughs>